This podcast is brought to you by PodPro Australia. The purpose was long before that, Bertie. Yeah. Long before that. If I didn't have a purpose before then, I'd be dead, mate. Yeah. You know? I've, I believe I've been put here for a reason. <laughs> and that reason is to simply show people to get off your ass and have a go. Yeah. That if he's a guy with all the challenges that he's had. Yeah. Some physical. Yeah. Some mental. Yeah. Throughout his life. Yeah. Could still fall out of bed every morning. Yeah. Onto his trusty skateboard. <laughs> And do what he needs to do every damn day. Yeah. What the fuck is stopping you? Yeah. Bernie, there used to be this thing called the helicopter parent. Mm. You know, where they would hover over their kids. Yeah. And they would micromanage their kids. Yeah. You know? You'd be happy to get know that... The helicopter parent has now disappeared. Yeah. But it's been replaced by the lawn mowing parent. And the lawn mowing parent is the parent that gets out in front of their kids with a big fat fucking lawn mower. Yeah. And clears the way. Yeah. So their kids go through life. Love it, mate. Without any struggles. Love it. Yeah. Without any struggles, they clear the path. Yeah. So these kids never learn how to have resilience. Yeah. They never learn how to overcome challenges. Yeah. Setbacks. Yeah. They never learn to think for themselves. Yeah. And by the time these kids get to 30 and have kids of their own. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're faced with a little hiccup or a little challenge that they need to overcome. Yeah. They got no idea how to do it. Yeah. So what do they do, Bernie? They run back to their parents. What is wrong with being offended? Yeah. It gives us resilience. Love it. it teaches us <laughs> shit. There is nothing wrong with being offended. And people think there is. Beautiful, mate. You know, I've been offended my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all the time I stand in front of a mirror naked, I'm offended. <laughs> How many blokes do you know that can stand up and his willy drags on the ground? Stop it. You know? It's a family show, Jason. Not anymore, buddy. <laughs> We've got over that, Mark. But you know what? There is nothing wrong yeah. with being offended. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You cannot ever, yeah. ever have a good tomorrow dragging yesterday behind you. Beautiful said, mate. Beautifully said. Never, ever. Well, dear people, welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie. I am so appreciative that you've decided to join us today. And I know I use the word all the time about excitement. I'm not going to say that I'm excited today. I'm going to say, let me have a think about it for a moment. I reckon I'm grateful. And I I tell you what, JC Curtis, it's not you that I'm grateful for at the moment. 
I'm actually grateful to Adam Bell. (laughs) (laughs) AB. Hey, doesn't he go well with this uh, Pod Pro Australia uh, studio down here? You've been involved a few times down here? Yeah, I have, mate. It's uh, it's not too shabby, is it? Yeah, no, he goes goes well, mate. He goes well. And when I mean AB, I don't mean Alan Border. That's true, mate. You mean Adam Bell, the, what is he, the proprietor, the bloody CEO, the general manager? I'm not quite sure what he is. He'll take all of those tags, mate, (laughs) let me tell you. But we're very, very grateful, Adam. Thank you ever so much, mate, because it's you who have put us in touch today with uh, a, a remarkable guest. Hey, I'm looking at J.C. Kudis. Now, I knew another man called J.C., mate, but he goes back a few, few thousand years ago. Are you related? Oh, well, I can't quite walk on water, Bernie, <laughs> but I go close, mate. So, yeah, in fact, I remember that I took 35 kids home on my first Friday at school. Yeah. They all asked me during the week what my name was. I told them it was Jesus Christ. <laughs> None of them believed me. So I took 35 kids home on the Friday. My dad pulled in and saw all these kids in the front yard. I went, Jesus Christ, what are all these kids doing here? Well, buddy, you you say you're not related, but I tell you what, mate, there's a chance looking at you right now and uh, our dear listeners, you'll catch up with JC. Just please Google him. Please uh, go onto social media. You're going to be in touch with a remarkable man, a remarkable story doing remarkable things. I'm looking at a man here uh, who has no legs. JC, if I said you had half a body, would that be an apt description? No, mate, not at all. (laughs) Give us the proper description. Well, I think I'm uh, full in stature in mind and heart. Beautiful, pal. But um, my body's just a little bit different than most. Yeah, that's right, mate. That's right. But it's how you've responded to this scenario or this situation that makes you remarkable. Now, I know it's going to sound funny. I made a reference to the great JC. Now, I'm just going to say that in some ways, mate, people would look upon you and say there's a miracle in front of them, mate. Have you have you performed a miracle, mate? <laughs> no, 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 not at all, mate. Not at all. In fact, again, in the year that I come from, uh, you know, and my my beautiful nan who's now passed away, and and a lot of her friends and that generation, yeah, yeah, often believed in miracles. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, things, and I'm not saying that I don't believe in miracles, yeah. but you know, it's uh, life is a very blessed thing, Bernie. Yeah, but buddy, if it's if if it's not a miracle, what am I referring to? I'm referring to how you have responded to the game of life, mate. It dealt you, it dealt you an interesting card, huh? Not just me; it dealt my parents an interesting card. You, you're with. spot on, pal. You're spot on. But how you've responded, buddy? There would be so many people who have dealt. F- cards that are far less potent than the one that's been dealt to you and your environment and your family. But, mate, they haven't responded like you have. It's almost – oh, I'm playing with words here, but it's almost miraculous, mate. <laughs> <laughs> how do you look upon it, well, How do you look upon yourself and how you've responded to this remarkable scenario? Bernie, it all comes back to how I've been raised. Elaborate. You know, you're talking about you know, how I've responded. It's not how I've responded. It's how I was raised and taught to respond to things. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer that kids, like animals, yeah. are a product of their environment. Yeah. And we only have to look around in society today to see all these delinquents that are running crazy. Yeah. 
because they have shit house environments that they live in yeah. or that they're surrounded by. Yeah. Now, how did I respond to my dealt cards was the way that my parents taught me to respond. Wonderful, mate. You know, and and not just me and my brothers and, and my sister too. Yeah. I have two brothers that are mentally retarded. Amazing, pal. Not really. I just tell them that they are. So, <laughs> um, just they look like they are, actually. Right. But, you know, if I didn't have the parents that I've had and the way that they raised us, fuck knows how I'd be. Yeah. You know. And you're right, as you get older, you get to make choices and you get to do things a little bit your way. And, again, that's come back to my parents yeah. in, in the way that they've raised us, you know. Well, well buddy, let's let's – Go back to that that time where your parents were creating that environment for you. What was it that they did? What was it that they said? What was it that they provided for you that enabled you to respond so positively to the card that life dealt you? That's easy. One word. Go for it. Life. Yeah. Because in the year that I come from, Bernie, it was legal to terminate a birth. If you didn't want to terminate, you'd toss your kids away in institutions. Yeah. Very rarely were they ever taken home. Yeah. Because society didn't allow them to be taken home. Parents were too ashamed to have disabled children. Yeah. They didn't want to be frowned upon and looked down upon. When my mum and dad said, fuck that, you know, the birth that my mum gave me was a very challenging one for her. Yeah. You know, and, and very difficult. And then when I was born, the doctors told them I was going to die, that I wouldn't survive a day. Not one day, Bernie. Yeah. You know, and, and 54 years later, I'm going good and those doctors are fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to do what I do today if it wasn't for my parents that, I, that I've had. And I'm not saying that everybody are good parents because not everybody is great parents. Yeah. There are some assholes out there. Yeah. There are some people out there that should not be parents. Yeah. And they've got four or five different kids to three or four different blokes. Yeah. You know. And I, I'm not saying that. Everyone is like my mum and dad, and it was challenging at times. I mean, and and let me tell you, one thing that I have learnt from growing up in the family that I grew up in, there's three key ingredients in in life to raise your kids, and it's love. Yeah. And and I I struggle, Bernie, with twenty percent of women have, um, what do you call that? Um, postnatal depression. Yeah, yeah. You know, five yeah. percent of men have that too. Yeah, did not know that. Right, twenty yeah. percent of women, five percent of men. Yeah, and I struggle with that. Yeah, these beautiful mothers to be. Yeah, carry this this unborn child around for months and months and months and months, and can't wait to hold this baby. Yeah, and then when they go through the delivery and the birth, yeah, something happens to them. Mm. And I, I can't imagine what that's like for them. Yeah, yeah. And it must be heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. Yeah. But loving your children unconditionally is a big thing. Yeah. You know, good and bad. Yeah. And, and then there's time. That's interesting. Because you can't get it back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling you now, Bernie, that you are not doing anything that is so damn important in your life that you can't stop for two fucking minutes and give time to your kids. Now, I want you to stop there, pal, because guess what? Occasionally I just hear something that I think is worth repeating. 
I think you should repeat that. <laughs> that, that you know, the second ingredient in life is time because you can't get it back. Yeah. And as I said, because you are not doing anything that is so damn important. You cannot hang up that phone yeah. that is so damn important that you can't give your kids two minutes of your time. Yeah. They're not asking for a day. Yeah. They're not all asking for, you know, shitloads of stuff. They yeah. want two minutes of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. And the third ingredient yeah. is discipline. Now, I grew up in a house, a tough house. Yeah. You know, we, we my, a little bit about my mum and dad. My dad's Greek. My mum's a woman. Yeah. So we grew up in that mixed marriage, you know. And we grew up with a lot of discipline because when we stepped out of line, we deserved what was coming. Yeah. And quite often, you know, we got disciplined. But we also got taught we were loved. We got hugged. We got guided. Yeah. And the thing about discipline, Bernie, when you're young, if you get it, you turn it into self-discipline as you get older. Got it, got it, got it. And a lot of these kids are lacking that today. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of parents are lacking that today. Mate, why do, why, why do you think the parents today are struggling, mate? Why is it compared to the parents, the environment, the generation that you're talking about? You're, 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 you've got an observation that there's a whole host out there that are struggling. Why are they struggling today where maybe they weren't in yesteryear? You know, I can't say that it's any harder today than what it was than when we were being raised. I agree with that. Right? I can't say that. Time, yeah. Times are different. Yeah. You know, but I remember when interest rates were 18, 19, 20 Bingo. I remember that. And people are whinging and bitching and now that they're, they're 4%. Yeah. You know, why are they whinging and bitching? Because they live outside their means. Yeah. That's why they're whinging and bitching. Yeah. They want everything and they want it now. I think now, I think now you're hitting the nail on the you head know? there, mate. So, and, Bernie, there used to be this thing called the helicopter parent, mm. you know, where they would hover over their kids. Yeah. And they would micromanage their kids. Yeah. You know? You'd be happy to get, know that the helicopter parent has now disappeared. Yeah. But it's been replaced. By the lawn mowing parent. And the lawn mowing parent is the parent that gets out in front of their kids with a big fat fucking lawn mower yeah. and clears the way. Yeah. So their kids go through life. Love it, mate. Love without it. any struggles. Love it. Yeah. Without any struggles, they clear yeah. the path. Yeah. So these kids never learn how to have resilience. Yeah. They never learn how to overcome challenges. Yeah. Setbacks. Yeah. They never learned to think for themselves. Yeah. And by the time these kids get to 30 and have kids of their own. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're faced with a little hiccup or a little challenge that they need to overcome. Yeah. They got no idea how to do it. Yeah. So what do they do, Bernie? They run back to their parents. So, JC, nail it right now. Speak to the parents right now, mate. you got one minute. And, and, and if you had to say, hey, parents, I need you to focus on this because this is so vitally important to your kids and the, and the generation of human beings to come. Parents, what are you saying to them, JC? Are you doing a good job? If not, why not? You know, as I said, I understand things are very different to when I grew up. Yeah. But can you be doing better? Yeah. 
your job is to be the best damn parent that you possibly can be yeah. for your kids. You know why? Because then they can be the best damn parent that they can be for their kids yeah. and so on. And it gets passed down the fucking line. Yeah. You know, not being a part-time parent. Get out there and do your best. Yeah. Be there for your kids. Yeah. Teach your kids how to love. Tell your kids it's okay to say I love you. Hug your kids, discipline your kids, and give them the time that they need. Well, dear people, you might consider this an interruption to the podcast. Not so. It is a glorious invitation. An invitation for you to join me and many, many others on that mighty trail to Everest Base Camp in Nepal. Or maybe you'd prefer to do Gokyo Lakes. Yes, you've got two choices there and both of them will not let you down. Why? Because you'll be walking under the shadow of the most powerful forces of nature upon our planet. But you're also trekking and hiking with the beautiful Sherpa, who are our guides. Are they the most peaceful tribe of people upon the planet? I think so. And they're beautifully founded in the spirit of Buddhism. Just imagine it. Nature, Himalaya, powerful forces, Sherpaism, Buddhism, all infecting and invading your soul. I'm letting you know now, dear people, you come on the mighty trek that's leaving Australia or entering Nepal on April the 3rd or 4th, 2024, and you cannot return to your home base, your country, the same person as the one who left. It is simply that powerful. Would you love to join us? Here's all you have to do. I want you to take note of this particular number. Now get a pen. I'm going to delay for a second. Three seconds I delayed for. Plus six one. 412-982-444. Now, you text me and say that you're interested and within 48 hours, I'll have delivered back to you a comprehensive information kit that gives you all the information that you will need to make an informed decision about joining us and the globe on a mighty trek to Everest Base Camp. And please remember that preceding that trek, we're also going to spend two beautiful days with 550 disabled children in Kathmandu. Yes, we built them a brand new school following the earthquakes of 2015, which shattered their classrooms. And, and, and I, I, I hesitate to say this, but thankfully they did because the new school that they've got has been a, a new energy for this beautiful community called Kagandra. Dear people, come to Nepal with us where I promise you that your spirit to become that more loving human being generate greater inner happiness. It will be enhanced. Hey, let's go back to this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Are you enjoying it? You know, somebody asked me just a couple of days ago, what I thought of what's going on in in Egypt and Gaza and yeah, and you know what I said to him? It's not that I don't care. I can't comment because I don't know enough. Yeah, lovely. I'm not educated yeah. enough. Yeah. I'm not living there. Yeah, I'm not going through yeah. what those people have got. Mate, I can tell you the conflict is an issue. Yeah, it's terribly sad mm. that people have lost their lives. Yeah. You know, I feel horrible for that. But please don't sit there and ask me my opinion on it. Absolutely, mate. Because I can't tell you. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. You know, I 
Bernie, I but, hate grey matter. Yeah. It's either yes or no. Mm. It's either I will or I won't. You know mm. what grey matter is? Confu- confusion. Mm. Confusion. Mm. And <laughs> this is good. And I hate talking about politics, right? Mm. To me, there's three things that I was raised that you should never, ever talk about. Yeah. Because it starts conflict, it starts wars, and it's, number one is politics. Yeah. Who you vote for is no one else's business. Yeah. Number two is religion. Yeah. There's always going to be a difference. Yeah. And number three is how much money you earn. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with anybody yeah. else. Okay, nothing to do with anyone else. Hey, JC, we're talking about so many different things, so many um, – Tangents? Yeah, we are, buddy. So, but I want to come back to that that view that's developed over time of self, mate, because at the heart of it, this is a bloody big message for people. How do you see yourself? How do you see your own value? So try this for a question, mate. As a result of your experience of life, we're coming to the current day, what are some of your values that you just wish a whole host of other people might consider because you figure that it might serve them well? Share what your values are that are uncompromisable. Mate, loyalty. In, in, what, in, in what parts of life are you talking about loyalty where it's absolutely uncompromisable. Mostly friendship. Yeah. Mateship. Like that. Let me ask you, Bernie, and you've been in a few limos in your day. Yeah. Right. How many friends do you know that would get in that limo with you? Yeah. Shitloads, right? Yeah. The hanger honorers, yeah. the do gooders. Yeah. The, the people who just want to go on that front ride. Yeah. How many people in that same group is going to get on that fucking bus with you? Yeah. That's yeah. the question. And those ones that get on that bus, they're the ones you want to have in your life for the rest of your life. Interesting. My answer as you asked the question was possibly the ones to whom I have invested my time, my energy, my goodwill to them mm-hmm. are probably the ones in which the connection remains strongest over time. It's not always about what you put in, but also what you get back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And a lot of people will jump on that limo. A lot of people will yeah. hang out that sunroof. Yeah. Yahoo and clink champagne glasses inside yeah. there. But how many people are going to ride that bumpy road on that bus with you, mate? Mm. And they're your friends. Yeah. So, they're buddy, we got loyalty. Give us another v- one of your values, mate, that's just so dear to you. It's uncompromisable. Well, you know, I, I do believe in ethics and, and morals as well. And, yeah. Bernie, I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. I've been burnt by a lot of people, you know, and listened to a lot of shit that <laughs> I probably shouldn't have listened to, but it was, you know, you listen to them and you learn these lessons along the way, you yeah. know. So I think that's also very, very important. I also believe in, you know, let's come back to parenting. I think that's essential, Yeah, what you put into your kids. Yeah. I thought that was you know, a great message you had before, mate. You know, don't be a half a parent. You don't be a half a parent. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, Michael Whitney, the great Australian cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm his brother. I'm his half brother, half uh, wit. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Roy, g'day, mate. Long time now, so we need a beer. You know, I, I just, Bert, I just want people to do their best. Yeah. You're not dead. I've mm. been dead. Yeah. What do you, you know? mean by that? 
I was in a coma for a month. Yeah. Died twice. Yeah. Family was told eight times I wouldn't survive. What age? It was only 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Not long ago. Yeah. I was fucked. Yeah. The old Gold Coast Hospital. Mm. You know, there was one one of the Friday nights there when the the bosses of the ICU went to Leanne and said that if somebody comes in tonight, we need a life support system. Mm-hmm. We're turning John's off mm. because he's the one that's least likely. May I ask you and pass on the question, mate? What created that experience? Like Just I, my body breakdown. Wow. Okay, mate. My body had had enough. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't realise how sick I was. Yeah. Typical male, mate. Yeah. You know, typical male. Yeah. You know? What do you mean by that? Well, males aren't renowned for taking care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Males are renowned to picking up the mat and brushing it under and dropping the mat back on it, mate. What, mate? Ego was telling you that you were someone else when in fact you weren't? No, I don't think it's ego. I think it's ignorance. Right, okay. That's lovely. You know, I don't yeah. think it's ego. Yeah. I think everybody has an ego. Yeah. Yeah, what Skyhook say, ego is a dirty word. Yeah. Well so played. true, good old show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a bloody legend he was, mate. <laughs> Great song too, oh, eh? Great group. Eagle. Yeah. It's not a dirty word. You know, and horror is uh, a horror, horror movie. movie. Horror all movie. All about the news yeah. on the on the TV every night at 6 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. And I, I just think, like, everybody has an ego. Some yeah. people's ego needs to be brushed. Yeah. You know, some people's ego need to be dunked in tar. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I, I think ego is good and bad. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. You know, so. And mate, how did you how did you work your way? Like, like that sounded like a pretty dark moment oh. when you're in the hospital there. Yeah, that's twelve years ago, mate. Yeah. But so I don't think I'm mentally and emotionally seeing that person right here and now. So how did how did you start to work your way out of that dark spot? I woke up burning. Elaborate. Well, I was in hospital. Yeah, I don't know. I just I got sick and. And when we're on holidays and Leanne said to me, because I said, I just don't feel right. I can't quite work it out, you know. And she said, come on, I'll take you to hospital. And I went, I don't want to go to hospital. You know what happens when you go to hospital? Yeah. You die. Yeah. And I'm glad she convinced me to go. Yeah. Because I would have died in the bed next to her that night. Yeah. And, uh, and I woke up. Actually, I woke up. It was Christmas Eve. Yeah. That I woke up. Mm. And I woke up to... What I thought were the sounds of poker machines. I could hear all these dinging and I thought I'd fallen asleep in a club somewhere. Right. You know what it was, Bernie? My life support system. Right. I won something that no poker machine can give you. Yeah. I won my life back. Yeah. And for the next six the next six or seven weeks, yeah. I was on a battle. Yeah. I was on a battle just to be able to sit up straight. Yeah. And with the love of my wife and my son and the support that I had and needed around me. Yeah. That's why I'm here today. Yeah. 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 What's your purpose, John? What purpose evolved out of a situation like that, that, that starts to give you energy and love of life? The purpose was long before that, Bernie. Long before that. If I didn't have a purpose before then, I'd be dead, mate. Yeah. You know, I I believe I've been put here for a reason. And that reason is to simply show people to get off your ass and have a go. Yeah. 
that if he's a guy with all the challenges that he's had, yeah, some physical, yeah, some mental, yeah, throughout his life, yeah, could still fall out of bed every morning, yeah, onto his trusty skateboard. <laughs> And do what he needs to do every damn day. Yeah. What the fuck is stopping you? Yeah. Hello, my lords, my ladies, and all my other types of human. It's Chip Huddy here, and I'm getting off my ass to discomfit you, hopefully, in all sorts of invigorating ways with another loaded question. Crikey, how's old JC? He is not here to make you comfortable, and I dig it. Do you dig it? I love it when someone has no time for complacency. What the fuck is stopping you? I better include myself in this. What the fuck is stopping us from living life to the hilt, from going after that thing we really want, from embodying the values that really set us on fire? You know what it is for me? Whenever I'm uh, bowing to complacency, whenever I'm settling, I find it's usually the one-two combo of comfort and fear. I'm comfortable where I am, and that comfort is fearsome. It's powerful enough to deter me from facing the fear of stepping into the unknown, of chasing down that dream. But comfort is stagnation in fluffy clothes, my friends. So let me follow in the inspiring skateboard tracks of JC and put it to you straight. What's your comfort? What's your fear? And to quote the great Jamie Foxx, What's on the other side of fear? Now, a little while ago, let me tell you this story. I was on tour in country New South Wales. And this is a story about people's reactions when they see me and how different they are. Mm. And what I've learned over the years, Bernie, is that you most certainly cannot control what other people do or what other people say. Bingo. But what you can control is your own reaction. Yeah. And your own thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, I'm on tour. And I had my mobility scooter with me, which I've only just started taking, right? Mm -hmm. Because when I used to go on tour, I was on my skateboard, and that still comes with me. But after I do my gigs during the day... I would just go back and sit in my hotel room, sit on my bed and do nothing, mm. you know, besides work on that computer or, or watch TV, mm. right? And I was finding that I needed to get out. Mm. A little bit awkward going through town on a, on a skateboard mm. if you wanted to buy stuff. And so I decided decided to take my scooter, which has been great. Mm. Right? Anyway, I'm on tour. And I'm down in this country town for about a week. I got a few days into the tour and I needed to get some laundry done. Mm. Right? So I jumped on old Googles and found where a laundry mat was and bagged up my dirties and mm. jumped on the scooter and away I go. It's about 800 metres from where I was staying. And I found the laundry mat and there was a little step to get inside. The scooter couldn't get up that step, which was okay. And I'm not whinging and bitching, right? So I tooted the old horn, beep, beep, and this lady comes out. <laughs> and Bern, I knew she was old. Yeah. Because her name was Marion. <laughs> right. 
Not a common name used these days. <laughs> no. Straight away I thought of Mrs. C off, off I Happy she Days. She might have been Catholic too, mate. <laughs> yeah, but actually she probably could have been. However, her response, she looked at me, Bernie. She looked me up and down. Yeah. And the very first thing she said to me was, where the fuck is the rest of you at? <laughs> I went, what? <laughs> she said, where's the rest of you at? <laughs> and I could not stop laughing. Yeah. It was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. You know, now, I know people that if they were confronted by that, going, oh, shut yeah. up, you stupid old fucking bag, and yeah. blah, blah. What good's that? Yeah. What I- good is that? You know, anyway. I gave her my laundry yeah. and I said, look, dear Monica, can I come back tomorrow yeah. and pick it up? And she said, yep, yep, no worries. I was laughing so much on the way back to the hotel. I ran into two garbage cans, right, on yeah. the scooter, fucking yeah. bang, bang. Yeah. I go back the next day. Yeah. Pull up out the front. Yeah. Toot, toot. Beautiful old Marion comes out. You know, we have a bit of banter as we do. Yeah. She gives me my bag of ironed laundry. And I give him my phone to go and tap and go, mm. right, as we do these days, technology. Mm. And she said, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I've done it for free. Wow. And I've gone, Marion, why would you do that? I said, I can pay, please. She said, oh, no, no, there were no long pants or socks. It was easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> I went, you cheeky bitch. So <laughs> those t- same two bloody garbage cans I hit yesterday, yeah. I hit them again on the way back. <laughs> Mate, it it was seriously one of the funniest moments, people's reactions. Yeah. But, you know, there were so many ways that I could have looked at that, Bernie. I think now we're getting to the point of that story, mate. You know, so many ways I yeah. could have looked at that. Yeah. And my reaction to that yeah. could have made it a good or bad thing for either of us. Yeah, yeah. But what I hear there, mate, what I hear there is, is how many times we get distracted by, uh, by stuff that we want to judge or put a friggin' label on it. And guess what? It's only a reflection of the other person. So bloody cop it and run with it and enjoy it. Yeah, well, you can't control it. Yeah. You can't control what they say. Yeah. Man, I've had some shit said and done to me throughout my years, Bernie. But the difference is, my reaction. You've got to that place where you can react that way, mate. We've got a whole host of listeners here who are still wondering, how do I get to that place where I don't get so sensitised by what people are saying? And again, that comes up to my upbringing. Yeah. That's how I was raised. Yeah. You know, today's day and age, we're Australians. Yeah. We're larrikins. We're known for taking the piss out of ourselves and each other. Yeah. All of a sudden, oh, shit. Don't say that to them because they might be offended. So you know what? Get fucking offended. Yeah. What is wrong with being offended? Yeah. It gives us resilience. Love it. It teaches us <laughs> shit. There is nothing wrong with being offended and people think there is. Beautiful, mate. You know, I've been offended my whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the time I stand in front of a mirror naked, I'm offended. <laughs> How many blokes do you know that can stand up and his willy drags on the ground? Stop it. You know? It's a family show, Jason. Not anymore, buddy. <laughs> We've got over that, Mark. But you know what? There is nothing wrong yeah. with being offended. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. 
And if I've offended anyone today, seriously, yeah. stiff shit. <laughs> now, I've been very serious. I, I know you are, mate. But now I'm coming back to a question that we asked around about half an hour ago, which is about <laughs> your values. And now I've got a third one, mate. I've got loyalty. Yep. Oh, you said ethics and morals. Yep. That is standing for something. Yep. And right now you're saying, yeah, love yourself enough so, so that you're not offended by other people. You summarise it in a single word. What's that? What, what, what do we call that? That is a value. Oh, mate, I don't know if you can love yourself enough that you're not offended. I want to love yourself enough that it's okay to be offended. Love it, mate. Bingo, you nailed it. You nailed it's it. It's okay to be offended. Yeah. You know, yeah. as humans, as Australians, we used to have a thick skin. Yeah. We used to have nicknames. Yeah. We used to laugh at ourselves. We used to laugh at ourselves. How important is that ability? Well, if you can't laugh at yourself, you've got no right to laugh at anyone else, uh, man. Yeah, bingo. Absolutely no right to laugh yeah. at anyone else. And as I said, mate, when I stand naked in front of a mirror, I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> but you've got no right to laugh at anyone or along with anyone unless you can sit there and laugh at yourself first, mate. Yeah. And I was taught from a very young age to be laughing at myself. Yeah. And let me tell you. That wasn't easy, but, mate, was no, it of course it wasn't easy. Yeah, I looked at my brothers. I still yeah. remember when my old man, I was about 10 years of age, and I was sitting on our front balcony. Yeah. And I was watching my brothers ride around on their push bikes, the old BMX, the old Malvin Stars. Yeah, you know, I remember those. those, mate. I, yeah, that was one of my and, first. Uh, you kids, you got no idea what a Melvin Star is. You need to Google it up a picture, mate. I'm telling oh, you. like a drag star. They were a drag yeah. star. Some of them had a sissy bar, some didn't. <laughs> And let me tell you, I used to watch them. And this particular day, my old man came out. He was a big, fat Greek guy. Yeah. And he sat out next to me. Yeah. And he slapped me up the back of the head. Mm. And he said to me, instead of winking and bitching about the shit you can't do, mm. look at the things you can do. Bingo, mate. Do you remember that day? I remember that day like it was yesterday, Bernie. Like, do you? Re- is that the first time that he said it? Or? First time. Yeah, first and you and, and you still and remember it. Still remember it. Changed my life. Where was the place? It was at in North Richmond, sixty nine <laughs> Grosvenor Road. What time of day was it? It was about mid morning. <sighs> my brothers are riding around the front yard. Where were place. you? What do you mean? Where was I? Where, where, where were you? Out in the street? Were you? No, in the I, was, house, I you was on the balcony of our the front porch. And Dad said. And my old man said to me, instead of whinging and bitching about the shit you can't do, yeah. look at the things you can do. Oh, mate, I'm tearing up, mate. You know, and a lot of people don't say that to their kids. Yeah. Today. Kids need to hear it. Yeah. You know, stop whinging about the shit you can't change, the things yeah. you can't do. Get on with what you can do. Yeah. Make that happen. How did you make that happen for you, mate, when the reminders of, you know, what life's dealt you were people were letting you know inadvertently, non-verbally, verbally, all around you, mate, and yet you somehow have been able to turn your back on all that crap and just arrive at a point where you're just focused on what you can do and you can maximise life, JC. You know how I did that, Bernie? I want to know. That's why I'm asking the freaking question, mate. It's my (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Let me tell you, Bernie, that's a very, very simple answer. No matter how bad you think you are, there is always someone so much worse. Always. Yeah. And no matter how good you think you are, there is always someone better. Yeah. And that makes us want to strive to be the best that we can possibly be, whether it be in sport, in life, as parents, as kids, as humans. 
we all we should be striving to do each and every bloody day is to be the best versions of ourselves. Yeah. That's where schools come into play yeah. because they want to help all these kids be the best versions yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Some parents don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Most parents want their kids to be the best versions of themselves. And let me tell you something else. That I, I think they want them to be the best version of the bloody parents. The parents want them to be a doctor so that the parents can turn around and say, get that's my kid. Yeah. That's more a reflection of the parent than it is the kid. Yeah, mate. Well, there are some parents that want to live through their kids. Bingo. Whether it be sport or professions or whatever it might be, yeah. you know, instead of letting their kids make these choices, mm. you know, sure you can guide them and offer them advice. Mm. But you know what, Bernie? I I think up until the age of maybe ten or eleven or even twelve, yeah, they're not kids. Yeah, you know what they are? Sponges. Yeah, yeah. Because everything they see around them, everything that they hear, mm. they are copying. Mm. And let me tell you. There's an old added action speak louder than words. Mm. You only got to watch footage of kids mm. copying their parents mm. and how true that is. Mm. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah, yeah. And it will stick with them forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And probably that's why I remember my old man saying that to me. Yeah. You know, because not the fact that he just said those words, but the action that went along with it yeah. was a slap up the back of the head. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's why I've never forgotten it. Buddy, I, I, I'm I'm – I'm using different words, but I reckon one of the things you just said before um, is stop falling into the trap of comparing yourself with others. Can, can I elaborate on that? You bingo. That's why I bloody fed you the line, mate, so you run with that, okay? <laughs> Come on, fish. <laughs> That's a big fucking hook too, mate, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Bernie, there are so many people that look over the fence. And think the grass is always greener yeah. on the other side. Mm. You know what I say to that? Mm. Water your own backyard. Yeah. <laughs> Take out your sprinkler and your hose and water your own goddamn backyard. Yeah. And stop losing the focus on what you have. Yeah. And make those bastards, the ones that you're looking into their yard, make them look over the fence into your yard. Yeah. And yeah. want what you have. Yeah. And the only person you should compare yourself to yeah. is yourself. Yeah. Look at where you've come from 10 yeah. years ago. Five years ago, yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah. Look at where you are. Yeah. You can't. Com- I can't compare to you. You can't compare to me. Bingo. We're completely different people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you might find inspiration in you, and I might find inspiration in me. Yeah. But we shouldn't be comparing. Yeah. But yeah. you compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. Thinking, holy shit, look how far I have come. I'm doing so good. Or fuck, I went backwards in that. I need to do better. So let me ask you, JC. Like. Where have you grown? Where have you evolved? What makes you a better person today than you were five years ago, ten years ago? Well, the shit that I've learned along the way, mate. Elaborate. Give us a couple of oh, well, a couple of the big people, points, mate. The people that come into your Rockers. life. Well, you know, let, let's look at. I'll give you one very key point. Yeah. Again, we all come through COVID. Yeah. Right. And I found myself because. My work completely stopped. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah, true. No live events, you know, no no travelling. Gotta understand no so it's in the same game, mate. Yeah, so know the, the feeling. You know the feeling, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, My beautiful wife, God love her, pushed herself to the brink and went out and got a job. Yeah. And was working twelve hour days, mm. ten hour day on a Friday. Mm. She did it for two and a half, three years. Mm. 
and nearly fucking killed herself mm. just to keep us afloat. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. You know, it put some very big challenges on our relationship. Yeah. On our friendship. Yeah. And as Tom Hanks once said, this too will pass. What movie was that one, mate? <laughs> Not in a movie. Right. But he said, this too will pass. Yeah. Whether it's good, this too will pass. Mm. Whether it's bad, this too will pass. Yeah. And you know what it has? Yeah. And we're all coming out the other side. My words picking back up. You know, I've got tours happening left, right and centre. Yeah. And I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah. Yeah. And now my wife is able to slow down and yeah. take a bit of time for yeah. herself, which she is so needed. Is that a strategy... I use the word strategy, mate. Is is that something you do regularly when you find yourself in a in a, a moment of um, uh, you know pressure, a moment of uh, ne- negativity? I can't believe you'd even be in it, but you just sort of like say to yourself all the time, you just go to this too will pass. Do Not you all. use that a lot? Going through COVID, no. Yeah, I found myself burning like many yeah. in the shower yeah. for hours, crying in the fetal position. Yeah, thinking, what the fuck's happened? Yeah. Here I went, I, I was somebody. Yeah. You know, I was not top of the game, but yeah. up there amongst the leaves. Yeah. You've you written know, the book? Long time ago. Yeah. You know, and I just struggled. Yeah. And I thought that I was one of the most mentally strong people, you know, because of what I've been through. Yeah. But this nearly killed me. And it killed people. I'm not saying that the... You know, the flu or COVID yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the lack of I'm purpose. The, 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 the lack of purpose, the mental state. Yeah. Wipe people out. Yeah. The frustration. Yeah. The the, the, the financial accountability. Yeah. Where am I going? What's going to happen? Yeah. You know, it fucking wiped people out. And I was nearly one of those people. JC, I, I have this belief that when people go through pain and chaos and suffering, you just described a suffering moment, mate, okay? But if you're still dedicated to maximising your life, right? So there's one force. I still want my life. I still want my life to be something. But I'm going. I'm suffering at the moment. You gotta. You gotta handle that dilemma. And nine times out of ten, you come out of it with a greater benefit. You learn something greater. What did you learn from that period? You're too of deep time? again, Bert. No, come on, Jay. No, See, give us something no, well, that I, you learned no, from I'm, I'm the pain serious. and the let chaos. Me, let me be serious, yeah. right? You got to keep it simple. I got you, mate. I got you. you Answer know, the question. Asshole. <laughs> Answer the question. What did you learn, JC, about JC? Because guess what? You just said before, I'm one of these most mentally strong known people, and there you are in COVID suffering. Yep. Okay. So what did you friggin' learn about the greatness of JC as a result of that experience? Something very simple, Bernie. Got love it. Come here it comes. I'm not dead yet. And give us a little bit more. I understand what you mean by that, JC. Well, what, what are you uh, saying to us? I'm saying that you're not dead yet. Yeah. Saying that you're, you're still alive. Yeah. You still got to go. You still got to heartbeat. Yeah. And and as I said to you earlier, there are so many people worse off. Yeah. And you're still going. Bingo, mate. Yeah. You know yeah. you're still going. Yeah. So yeah. you need to stand up. Yeah. You know and fight. Yeah. For what you want in yeah, your life. And yeah. what I want in my life is to have life. Yeah, yeah. To be able to continue to do what yeah, I do. Yeah, 
you know. But sure. I'm not a deep person, but I know so, you're not, but mate. Sometimes, you know, and sometimes there are no though. You, you will never find those deep answers in people because that's they okay. don't. That's because fine, they, buddy. because they don't know. They don't know, and and sometimes they're just not aware. I'll give. Can I give you an example? Please, I'll do. give you an example, mate. So we're going to reverse the role over okay, here. Okay, here, we okay, here, mate. See, six or seven years ago, yep. my COVID was not the disease or the pandemic. It was when I was uh, given notice of separation and divorce to yep. come. You know, yep. what I mate. Mean? Now, was it? Was I expecting it? Partially, yep. right, because we'd had a beautiful discussion about nine months earlier that had discussed about the uh, the longevity of the marriage and we had decided to persist. Yep. And if someone said to me, um, what were the highlights of your marriage, I would have said that two of the ten were in those last nine months. <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, okay, things are sort of moving forward here. Hey, lo and behold, I got the notice, all right? Let me just simply say that what followed for the next year and a half was perhaps the most deepest, painful, chaotic period of my life. Now, watch my, my hand here, mate. It starts with deep, relentless, in-the-corner pain. You were describing that yep, yourself before, yep. mate. And just slowly but surely it started to e- fade erode, away. fade away. As it started to fade away, the question around how do I still maximise life despite this un- unexpected event, right? And so i got this force up here. What do I need to do to grab this moment in my life, this event in my life, but still maximise it despite the pain and the chaos? Buddy, I could only come up with one answer. And you're going to say to me, too deep, burn. I'm just going to let you know what it is. Here's what I learnt, mate. Ready? I learned as a result of that that I had a far greater capacity to love life, people and Bernie than I ever had before. And what I needed, mate, was the freaking pain and chaos to cause the reflection and re-evaluation for me to understand what my depth of love could be. And, mate, you're looking at a fella right here and now, mate, who's never loved life more (laughs) as a result of it. So thank you, pain and chaos, mate. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, mate. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, mate. So you just said that, you know, you, you, you went, you know, your nine months was great and everything else and yeah. the, the inevitable was coming, yeah. right? And that was something that you couldn't control. Well, it's something that if I could control, mate, I didn't take enough control to make it happen. But that, my dear friend is another story. There you go. So, JC, you can understand what I, you know, what I've learned and what I, I think a lot of people can learn great things from those chaotic moments of life and they can actually be moments that actually serve the value of life, serve your, serve your life going forward for quite a period of time for the rest of your life. So I'm going to come back to you, pal. Not letting you off the hook, mate. <laughs> From that COVID experience, mate, you described it beautifully, shriveled up in the corner, mate. Oh, my God, what's happening? What did you learn over the last two years about JC that has been really beneficial and valuable to you, your wife, your family, your environment? All of those things above, Bernie, is that how important your family is Bingo. to have around you. Yeah. Your friends. Yeah. As I said earlier, the people that'll ride that bus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've got a handful of mates that I'll put on that bus with me any damn day. Yeah. Because without them, and and 
you know, we all need to find people that we can talk to. Yeah. You know, what I've realised coming out of that is I've, I have anxiety. Wow, JC. You know, which yeah. is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Because it's shit that you can't control. Yeah. You know? But you can learn to manage and deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Yeah. But in saying that too, I'm not the only one that's suffered that. Like yeah. you, you're not the only one that's ever gone through a divorce. No, of course, mate. Of course, You mate. know, but some people think that they are. Yeah. yeah. Some people think it's, it's their own little world and no one else has ever gone through it. Yeah. What a load of shit. Yeah. You know, there's millions of people that have gone through divorces, millions of people that have had financial struggles. Terrible to say, but people have lost people. Yeah. Kids, parents, yeah. grandparents, yeah. accidents, drug abuse. Yeah. You know, so many different things. Yeah. They're not the only one. That's right, mate. That's so right. So you're not in it alone. But what's interesting, I tell you what, 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 what has helped me and what I think can help other people is how do you respond to those moments of disaster, pain and chaos. Here's how I responded, and I'm not advocating that it's the answer, right? Yeah. But I tell you what, it served me well. I started As, as long as it did serve you. you be, here it because is. Because your response might not be the response for other people. I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Here was my response, yeah. mate. I look back upon it and I said to myself, it's just all part of the journey. Absolutely is. Just all part of the journey. And you know what that does? It allows me to leave it back there. Yep. Rather than bring it forward into the current moment, I love what you're doing right here and now. But if people aren't watching the podcast, they can't see what you're doing. I'm mate. giving him the finger, <laughs> but you're giving me the the thumbs up finger. <laughs> you know, Bernie. Let me tell you, mate. You cannot ever, yeah, ever have a good tomorrow dragging yesterday behind you. Beautiful said, mate. Beautifully said. Never ever. You can never, ever have a good tomorrow dragging yesterday behind you. That's such a good line. It should be my next tattoo. But I'll have no skin left by the end of the year if I keep doing that with the fine turns of phrase from the mouths of our guests. So let's just luxuriate in that call one more time. You can never, ever have a good tomorrow dragging yesterday behind you. But we all do it, don't we? always hauling the corpse of our past behind us like Achilles with Hector, offending the gods. I'm a fiend for it. I have a dead-set bank vault full of all the idiotic things I've ever said, all the selfish, petty cruelties I've inflicted on other people, all my missteps and mistakes and destructive decisions. And sharing space with all of that are the wrongs that people have done to me. And dragging a vault like that around is mighty, mighty exhausting. Does that sound familiar to you? And if it does, let me ask you this, how do we let go? Because if we're carrying around these burdens, it's because letting go is for whatever reason, it's too difficult for us. So is letting go actually the right approach? Or can we maybe take a page from the book of Bernie on this one and try not to release, but reframe, recast nasty events of the past as just part of our journeys? Does that sound like a strategy to make JC prep? Hey, buddy, what's in store for you for the next three, four, five years? How does, what do, you, what do you see in life for JC, mate? You've got so much to offer, mate, and it's growing. Mate, it's, uh, it's coming back. It's coming back big time. I've got uh, a few little plans for work on, on the books, which, yeah. is, which is great over the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. 
and then I, I want to continue that on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm enjoying my speaking immensely. That's interesting for me. Can I ask you this? Yeah. Are you a better speaker, coach, trainer, educator now than you were before COVID? Do you feel mm. as if you do it better now than you did prior to COVID? Only because I've had time to work on myself. Yeah. Hello. It's, you know, during during yeah, COVID and yeah. get myself right. Yeah. And, you know, with technology and that, and I, I've been able to change up a few things in that way. Yeah. But been able to work on myself and I'm still I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. You know, um, that, that has improved. Yeah. Absolutely. When you say you're still work in progress, mate, going forward, what do you want to work on? What is there to work on a JC that makes JC an even better human being than the beautiful one that's here? Well, most, mostly my physicality, mate. I, I'd like to lose a little bit of weight yeah. and, and um, sprout legs and kick your ass and <laughs> <laughs> I reckon there's been a few times in this podcast you wanted to kick Not my ass, all, mate. mate. <laughs> Maybe use your ball bags as a speedball, but no, 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 no. Look, look, I look, man, in, in all fairness, I, I thoroughly enjoyed today. Yeah. It has been great. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll be able to do a couple more along well, the way. Well, buddy, part of the reason, if it's perceived to be, you know, a, a great discussion is because, mate, I am speaking to a rarity, and please do not miss. No, don't you misconstrue the word rarity there. I'm not talking about your physical uh, form at all, mate. I'm talking about the way that you've responded to life's cards, mate. And you know it, JC. A heck of a lot of people out there get bad cards delivered. Well, welcome. That's part of life, of mate. It is. But the question is. How do you respond to it? Because when you get dealt the bad card, you've got to read what the card says. How do you respond to this? Because there is the magic. There is the miracle, mate. I'll finish off by saying this. Go on. I like playing poker. Thanks, Bernie. <laughs> no, Thanks, no you cannot finish off like that because that is a mystery, mate. <laughs> I like playing poker. I like looking at my cards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I like looking around the table. Yeah. yeah. Seeing what there is. Yeah. And playing the hand that's been dealt to me. I like that, mate. You know? I love that. Because every day can be a different two cards. Yeah. 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 Someday you might get the dead man's hand, I say. Yeah. yeah. Other days you might get pocket kings. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's what you do with it, mate. Beautiful, mate. And there are times when you've got to fold pocket kings, mate. Yeah. You know? What I like about what you just said is you've got to play the hand that's dealt. Because, mate, I'll tell you where I'm, I can be guilty. Maybe other people can be guilty. We want to play the hand that's on the vision board. Yeah, of course we do. We want to play the hand that's in the bloody goal set. Or we wish and pray. I wish I had that hand. Yeah, that, well, that's the dream part of yeah. it. Now, I'm not. I wish I had more chips in front of me. I'm not yeah. denying that that's not valuable because by having the dream, it does help you to decide what to do today. But at the same time, life's going to deal you the hands, mate, aren't let me, they? Let me tell you something, Bernie. 2005, <laughs> a very good mate of mine by the name of Joe Hashem won the World Series of Poker with a shitty hand, 7-3. The World Series of Poker, I think it was worth about eight, ten million US at the, for the winner at that, mm -hmm. that 
one run. Seven three he had Bernie. Mm. He was heads up with the last guy, him and his other guy. Yeah. Seven three offsuit. Yeah. Now for those of you that don't know, seven and three yeah. offsuit means that one was a heart, one was a club. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He went all in. Yeah. Seven three. Yeah. You know what happened? He flopped a straight. He flopped a what? The next three cards on the table. Yeah. Four, five, six. <laughs> So he had a strike, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. He just won 10 million bucks. Yeah. It's you choose to play them. Yeah. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. Have the courage to play the hand because yep. you'll never know what, you'll life never know, gonna, mate. what life's going to deal with. Never you, mate. know. Mate, um, I've got to thank you. I I'm going to thank you. Well, no, I'm going to thank Adam Bell first, mate, because he – He doesn't he, need anything. <laughs> well, you may <laughs> – thank you, Adam, <laughs> for the opportunity, mate. But but seriously, JC, there is so there is so much gold in this. How do I measure that? Because I will go through this, mate, and I know that there is about 25 excerpts, <laughs> one-minute little pieces of gold that I'm going to be able to pull out of this and give to our listeners, You're mate. welcome, mate. And, mate, that is an absolute credit to the way that you have responded to the journey of life, mate, you know. Um, What's the alternative, Bert? Not living. And that's I know where I'd rather be. Bingo, mate. And you are a testimony, uh, an advocate of life itself. Thanks, buddy. JC, just want to remind you, mate, you have been part of Bernie's a journey. journey. Not a Bernie's <laughs> journey, mate. A journey, a journey with, with Bernie. Don't you try to sabotage my podcast, Ladies mate. And gentlemen, <laughs> thank you. And I've been a part of a journey, journey. with Bernie. <laughs> Cheers, folks. Love Cheers, you brother. all. Bye-bye. Well, good people, what did you think of that episode? I don't know about you, but I just loved it. I just love hearing of people's journeys and their stories that allow us to be able to identify what strategies and actions, routines, disciplines, ways of seeing self in the world that we can consider so that you and I, through their story, can become a more loving human being. Now, glued to this particular episode, of course, is Chipster, Lachlan Huddy. And our editor and producer is now going to deliver Chip's take-home pay, a four-minute summary of the actions and the strategies that you and I might consider in order to become that more loving human being. Hey, over to you, Chipster. Thank you, Burn, and thank you, listeners, for the divine pleasure of your company here in Podcast Land for another edition of Chip's Take Home Pay. And in the spirit of today's guest, that cheeky, unflappable, magnificently profane, and just plain magnificent John Kutis himself, I'm getting down to brass tacks today. Today is all about cutting the bullshit. First, we'll set the table with a quote from John himself, and this one rang in my head with the majesty of a church bell. He was talking about someone asking his opinion about the current war in Gaza, which is a toasty subject, to say the least. And what was his reply? I can't comment because I don't know enough. You know, Bernie talks about wow moments a lot, and I tell you what, that was a wow moment for me because of JC's humility, the wisdom of his restraint, that crystal-eyed self-awareness that allowed and propelled him to say, I don't know. 
that is a toweringly beautiful thing. Because it's such a human compulsion, isn't it? To have an opinion on everything. To pick a side, draw your battle lines, go to war for one idea or another. Trouble is, and we're all guilty of this, not least of all myself, the trouble is, it is not so human thing to be well informed. And I know that sounds like a condemnation, but it's not. It's an acknowledgement of the way that we are. We are energy-conserving creatures. And to be well-informed in a world like this, a world of such incredible speed, deafening noise, dazzling complexity, that is a very costly thing. It's costly in time, it's costly in energy, and for lots of us it can be costly in spirit. To be heaved up again and again against a world that can seem cruel. I say seem because I don't think the truth is ever cruel, but it can seem that way. All of this is just to say that it is a difficult thing. Being well-informed is a difficult thing. And do you know what's easy in comparison? Three lovely words. I don't know. They aren't a cop-out. They aren't cowardly. They're the opposite. To admit your obliviousness is an act of courage and humility. And if we can become comfortable with it, if we can live that humility, we shift the needle toward happiness, love, and meaning very significantly. I want to read to you a quote by the great astrophysicist Carl Sagan uh, that JC put me in mind of. Uh, it's from Sagan's glorious book, The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. And in that book, Sagan says, quote, But I try not to think with my gut. If I'm serious about understanding the world, thinking with anything besides my brain, as tempting as that might be, is likely to get me into trouble. Really, it's okay to reserve judgment until the evidence is in. End quote. I adore those words. If humanity can learn to live those words, we will solve a good whack of the world's problems overnight. It really is okay to reserve judgment until we know enough. There's two parts to this, of course, uh, and the humility of I don't know is only the first part. The second part is moving from obliviousness to informed, and that's a bit tougher, especially these days when every news outlet is slanted, when you can find an expert to expound just about any point of view, and when so much information is available instantly and at our fingertips as to engulf the truth in a monsoon of noise. So, where do we begin? That's pretty simple, actually. In the pursuit of truth, the first order of business is to eliminate untruth. And all that means is cultivating a critical mind. Well, let's give it some JC flavor by learning how to identify bullshit. This, of course, is a lifelong process, but let me get you started. Three resources, okay? In this order. We'll put links in the show notes. Okay, first, there's a fantastic summary online uh, of Carl Sagan's strategies for detecting bullshit as laid out in The Demon Haunted World. Um, this post is on the Dying Words blog run by ex-homicide detective Gary Rogers, and it and his blog as a whole is utterly brilliant, highly recommended. Uh, this particular blog post is called Carl Sagan's Bullshit Detection Kit, and it's a fantastic place to start in the cultivation of that critical mind. Get your peepers on it post-haste. Next treat yourself to a full read-through of The Demon Haunted World. Full disclosure, I haven't read all of it myself yet, but by golly, you'd better believe it's on the list. I'll do it. You do it too. We'll both be better for it. Finally, and this third one really is brilliant. The University of Washington has a video series on YouTube 
chronicling an entire lecture titled Calling Bullshit 101. It's a 56 video series. Don't worry, the longest video is only 15 minutes and most are half that. And it is a granular look at the ways in which facts are manipulated in this age of big data. And it equips you with all the cognitive tools necessary to see and to slice through all the BS. It is brilliant. It is necessary. It is mandatory. Go forth now, you sons and daughters of the earth, you children of the stars. Go forth into wisdom. And when you get there, tell them JC sent you. That's all from me, folks. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay, and I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. As always, my friends, Auf Wiedersehen. Ah, that was gold, dear people. That was Lachlan Huddy and Chip's take-home pay. Simple strategies, aren't they? Just humble suggestions taken specifically from this episode. And you know and I know that if we implement them into our lives, it's just going to help us to be happier a more beautiful human being and a more loving one at that. And who doesn't want that happening in their lives? Oh, dear people, I do hope this episode of A Journey with Bernie had a positive impact upon you. I can't wait to deliver the next one. Hey, it's just around the corner. Please enjoy this journey of life. Embrace this journey. And in the meantime, dear people, just remember this. (laughs) 